Hey everyone, this is Finn. I'm just letting everyone know that uh, the video itself is quite spotty because the internet connection is a bit poor, so the video looks a bit choppy, a little bit pixelated. The audio as well seems a bit pixelated. I'm very sorry. Uh, this is just a, one of those things about travelling home and not having all of my fucking shit here. So, I'm sorry I'm a bit quiet, but it's all good. We still had a good episode, so enjoy. <sighs> For Spotify listeners, Ben is currently standing on his spinny chair. <laughs> I've just crushed my foot with my cock. Okay. That makes nah. I mean, look, it checks out. You know who's going to start watching our podcast? Finley. Jimmy viewers. My dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is he Hi, dad. <laughs> Hi, Ben's dad. How's it going? Ben's father. Ben's padre. Why's a how chin? He came in your mum. How does that make you feel? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Andy, are you ready, mate? <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know what he said to this mic, but it ain't working. Welcome to Danny Talks. Our guest is Jimmy Tunes. He is our lovely Hello. friend, Andy. He is a house and UK garage producer just recently signed with Kiwi Records, isn't that right? And he's just released his third volume of his self-titled EP, Jemmy Tapes. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing very well, Finn. How are you? The video. Oh, I hate that. I'm all right. You know, I'm all right since being home. My internet is not like at uni. So yeah. apologies. This YouTube video is going to be very dotty. I'm going to be perfect because obviously Discord just is fine for me. So, I mean, you look fine from what? my locations. You don't look like a pixel. Look, so look, we'll deal with it. It's, this episode is a bit. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Since since I'm moving back, Ben, how are you? How are you Pretty doing? Good. Yeah, good. Cool. <laughs> good. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. <laughs> good. Now we got that on sorted. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking thank. Thank Of course. Six episodes in. Or seven? Fuck, I don't even know. Six? I don't know. Uh, right, I've got... We'll just kick it off. We'll kick it off with a strong a strong start, Andy. Um, okay. When did you start making music? I started making music... The earliest. Uh, the earliest. The then. earliest time... Well, I've, I've dicked about with stuff for a while, but w the first time I got my first copy of FL Studio, FL Studio 9, was back in June 2012. Bloody so yuck. just before... Just before my twelfth birthday. Damn, that's, that's eight it. years. That's eight that's years. The Olympics now. was on there. It was twenty twelve, which is pretty cool considering you're fucking however old you are. Twenty. How old are you? Twenty. Twenty one. Twenty. Yeah. We went to his birthday party. You did. You did go yeah, to my birthday. We did, man. We were at his birthday party. Birthday in a field, and someone almost didn't turn up because they couldn't be bothered to walk there. Cough, Ben. What? You've been making music for. Eight years then, right? When did you uh -huh. realise that music production is like what you want to do or that you could make a career out of it somewhat? Um, so it's interesting because I started off wanting to be like a film director and stuff um, and making films and stuff. Um, and that was very... Um, like that, that was quite... That was, that was quite early on and I was very set on it. Like I've got the, the classic, if you've ever been around my, around my, uh, my parents' house, the old uh, director's chair, the Andy the Barnard director's, director's chair. chair. So yeah. that, I got that, I got that 
um, at Christmas when I was like 10 or something. And I really wanted, I was really set on that. I used to make like YouTube videos and stuff in my bedroom where I'd do like VFX things and that kind of stuff. And it was, I just kind of did that and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I kind of watched a lot of like your old school, like Freddie W, Corridor Digitals, like back in the day. But then I, th- I don't really know why the transition happened, but just all of a sudden I started really getting interested in, I basically just found out what dubstep was and I was like, who's this Skrillex fella? <laughs> he sounds um, all right. He and so I looked like into it. Yeah. Uh, and you just, and you just thought, like, I just saw, I just for some reason, I don't know. And then, yeah, I don't know why in my head, like, I sort of decided just suddenly to switch the route because I was so set on like filmmaking stuff. Or, I mean, I've got a little, a few ideas in my head. Like, I would like to delve a little bit back into like filmmaking stuff in a while. Um, but I, I'm just kind of yeah it's just since i've been about yeah like 12 or 13 it's just been full focus on music and i haven't really given much thought into the the visual medium yeah, side just kinda, i mean you just kind of like i mean you just kind of got into music and then you just kept going with it and i mean yeah i mean look it's fucking worked out like you do it has like, it's, yeah. it seems like whenever we've been talking about music and from like especially from since college when we started to become mates like it seemed like yeah every other week or every other month you were doing something new with music whether it was stereo cube or jemmy or whatever or like our, it was weird like because obviously we've been mates <laughs> for, for like that amount of time i saw yeah when you first originally stopped doing stereo cube and when you first mentioned the idea of like like maybe moving away from that name or like you wanted to yeah. like start a new project and you were like oh i don't yeah. know what to do with it yet and we we're like oh well man you know you just do you you know you just make music do what you love <laughs> And now look, now look where you are doing absolutely exactly. making everyone making everyone proud of you. Yeah, absolutely, it's Big crazy. Way. I'm very, I'm very glad that I made the transition as well because it was very. I don't know. It, I feel like with my old stuff, you could make the jokes like the similar kind of way that people make jokes about like Rick and Morty. Like, oh, you only have to you have to want, have a really high IQ to understand what's going <laughs> on in these stereo cube songs and all this kind of thing. And like and and it meant and it meant that people really were just listening to um, they were really listening. Can we just edit this bit out because everyone's being so loud outside? That's okay. 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 It's definitely going in, yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry for that. Okay. <laughs> I know that no that was it, that was it. Um when we were talking we were talking about um the change from stereo cube um over to Jeremy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I so beforehand I think a lot of it was kind of like everyone that would listen to stereo cube would be would be like, we appreciate and understand the effort and level and stuff that goes into these songs. But we don't really can't really vibe to them. Yeah, yeah, it's like we. Like, yeah, to be. I think. Well, I mean, look, maybe I'm an outlier because I mean I've said before, like I don't listen to Garage, so like I don't listen to your music. I'll listen to it when it releases, as because I'm you know, you're my mate. I'm gonna listen to it to support you. But like with Stereo yeah. Cube, I feel like it was the same. Where I would listen to it, I'd go, I'd understand the technical ability that it took for you to do that, which is crazy because you know at the time you're like 16, 17 when like yeah. in college. And I'm like, that's fucking nuts that you can do that. But like, you're right. It's not like, what was the one song that Stereo Cube? It was Donut. 
Donut. Donut, yeah. Yeah, that was a big one. Like, I did like that song, but that was the mm, biggest. Which is weird, because I'd, I'd always find stuff like that. It's so... I guess you could hear elements of the Jemmy stuff creeping in with the kind of... Cause it sounds a bit of the garage I think I think the original project file is just called, like, fucking garage idea in it, or just something <laughs> stupid like that. Um, like, just because it had those kind of, like, just a bit swingy, bit kind of boppy, but that's such, it's such a weird song to look back on now. Like, it's so... I don't, I don't, it, it, it's weird because it's still in like these playlists. And so I haven't thought about it's it or anything. Growth, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's still in these playlists and I'm still like getting money from it, even though like I just haven't touched that side of anything for so long. It's so weird. But I think when you were saying, Finn, obviously about kind of, because you're, you're more of an indie boy. Um, you like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, you like your easy lives. Yeah, you like your uh, your logic. Yeah, it's not my like, scene. It's not my scene. Yeah, logic. Like, but I think, but I think the good thing then distinguishing between a Jemmy and Stereo Cube was Stereo Cube. It was like, yeah, even if it's not your scene, like, and then you, there's no real other area that you can kind of listen to. But because then Jemmy's like clubbing now and clubbing music, it's sort of like when you get into that environment, a lot more people will be open just to kind of like listening to it. And at the end of the day, like all of my stuff, I'm trying to make essentially just in my head. I'm like, if this went off in a club, how well would the people react to it? It's like, it's basically, you can compare it to being contact high. You don't have to do it, enjoy it or love it, but when it's on, you still that's sort of go, very, that's a very interesting brilliant. point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I like that. Because here's the thing, that's a, I'm a great example of this because I never really liked clubbing, right? But. But when a good song came on, I didn't have to know the song to enjoy yeah. the experience of being exactly. at a club yeah. with all my mates. So I, I'm the same. Yeah, that is a that is such a good point. So it's it's kind of like it's it's weird that you've got that kind of like that perspective, Andy, of like thinking like if this song was played to a group of people that didn't necessarily even, even yeah. like the genre, but if mm. it was played at the time, they would go. This is exactly like I mean, well, taking taking Jaffa for example, that's just that is just like, especially when that hits, like in especially in a live uh, like thing, just that rush of just kind of just euphoria that that just brings yeah, when it I kind of hits. Like, it's funny, man. It is funny. It is funny because being in that fucking uh, God, where were we, Andy? Where was that fucking? Oh, show? we were in Peckham, lovely Jemmy and Friends <laughs> one. Yes, Jemmy and Friends one. That was genuinely like such an awesome fucking experience <laughs> it's like it, you're right like the songs when they just hit it just fucking hits like again you yeah. don't have to like necessarily like understand the genre of the artist but like and you don't even have to be listening Sometimes. yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. If songs done right you can just be in there it goes and does its thing and the thing then does you because you just go whoa because you i think as well it's like a it's like a natural sort of response I think just as humans, where oh, sorry, I'm a bit gassy. Jesus, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've only been drinking water today as well. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, oh, yeah, no, I think I think there's some. Andy, can I say about that before Karen? So I'm not, not saying I pinched my winky the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to piss really bad. Okay. That's like a perfect point so we can cut. Okay. Oh so my god. Quick. Interim. Um, I, um, I, have, I have another question, Andy. I have another question. Mm -hmm. I want to know uh, your opinion of this. Because, I mean, obviously, it must be true. 
do you think that UK Garage is like back on the rise, like to the same level of popularity as it was like, like at its height in like the early to mid nineties? Before um, you answer that, what yeah. is Garage? What, is, what garage? is Garage? Right. Imagine the best way I describe Garage is imagine just house music. But okay, well, there's there's a couple ways you can explain it. I a good way of kind of explaining it to someone that likes going clubbing but hasn't heard of it. It's the sweet in between of house and drum and bass. I feel because it's got because it's got the four four nature, but it's got the kind of like the slowed down nature where you kind of like you can fist pump to it, you can kind of like dance and vibe to it. But then also it's got those it's got the structure of drum and bass where it's very it's not very progressive. Like you hear a lot of these tech house songs and stuff, and it's all very never moves i mean you listen to one fisher song you've listened to all of his songs because it's yeah. just that and it's just then a baseline the same baseline for like six minutes and then just moving on the dance floor or something like that <laughs> and that's it which is all right if you get like fucked enough in a club but like realistically it's kind of especially it's really weird when i see them because i've been to shows before where they've started with tech house like for openers and stuff and you're just there like i mean i i guess this is Alright, but it's nice to hype them up because, especially, I've been to places beforehand where you can only hear like the kick drum from the sound yeah. system. So because it's so right, like because it's such a massive thing. So for about an hour, you just hear mm 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 mm. So, but, do you think mm. because, like we said, it's that sweet spot between house and drum and bass? That's why it's on the rise again. Because the people that don't fully like drum and bass but don't want to be bored to death listening to house, they yeah. found garage and sort of gone brilliant. I I think. Good. Because I'd always, I'd always say, because I mean, um, Garage came from the US originally because they'd play basically. So a little, little bit of story time here. So, um, like, so all the stuff, especially the New York scene and stuff, um, back in the early nineties, um, they would have, they would have Garage House, which was I think named after a club that it was played in. But it was still very much kind of like house music, but it was more kind of like deep house. It had the elements there. Um, but essentially what would happen is after in the mid nineties and stuff, some UK DJs got a hold of this and it's actually quite interesting. The elephant and castle pub in elephant and castle is where basically the garage sound started in the UK because people would come from ministry of sound after going to like, um, like jungle raves and things like that. And they'd get there about three, four in the morning, but to keep people still on their toes, um, because people would, it was the 90s, so people were obviously nefarious as all hell, um, to put it in a nice way. Um, to keep them kind of going and to keep the kind of the energy there, they'd take these songs from the US, speed them up, and it was very much kind of just keeping people there. But it then added to the fact of it, it had that vibe because it was very, like, you've got, like, it was house, but it was quite jazzy. Like, it was very, like, shuffly and stuff. It was almost like... I like to use the word cheeky to describe garage. <laughs> like it just oh, sounds I, like I agree with that. I like agree. the better. I feel like the more the more swing, the more like like sort of the more shuffle it's got to it, the kind of like the cheekier it sounds, which is what I love, which is why I try and just do that in all my stuff. Because if you're just sat there going like it's like that's that's the aim basically. But then yeah, they'd use these they'd use these tunes, speed them up, and then get people going and there was this whole scene then that moved about like they started to realize like why don't we just make songs that are already sped up that um like that. yeah that's that's evolution yeah yeah that so is, realistically garage Charles is just Darwin fast house music garage. that's what we've established yeah, Charles that's, Darwin that's what's garage. been established here 
The garage tortoise in the garage island. Yeah. There we go. Exactly. I think it is really fucking interesting the way you describe it. Like, because, again, like, I'm not super into it, but I can see exactly what you mean. Like, it, it does feel, it has that kind of, like, that cheek to it where, yeah. like, when it's on or, like, it, I don't know which songs of yours I'm thinking of, but mm. I, I would, let's just, let's, it is definitely Jemmy. Listening yeah. to it, as soon as it hits, as soon as it drops, there is that bit of, like, that, like, that's a bit of oomph right there. Yeah, that it's it just goes. That's, yeah, that's yeah. why I love because if you look at if you look at someone maybe doing like a house set, well, this and this could still de- like run like deep house and things like that as well. But then I think it's a lot more gradual. And when you see someone mixing it or DJing, you won't really notice the songs changing. Mm. Like it's a very kind of progressive thing. But like the whole thing, the whole thing with garage is like a very common way to like transition into another tune. Is you leave about an eight bar thing of like transition fucking just spin it back as quick as possible and then whack on another tune like it's very quick and rapid like i mean when i'm when i'm djing i'm making sure that like there's a new tune on like every one and a half minutes like it's a very quick thing and it's it's all about kind of keeping the audience on their toes like that's feels fresh so you want to yeah exactly yeah and i think because because of the variation you can have in it with all of like the different kind of like the chord stuff all the different drum beats because you've got like the four four stuff, which is very kind of like on the like boom boom, but but then you've got like like things like um like Labrick Grove or like um uh, like Flowers um, Sunship Remix, where it's the two steps like boom boom boom, like it's got that kind of because there's variation in it. It's easier then to kind of keep switching up the vibes, and it does yeah. keep people on their toes, which is why I think when you're in that scenario. Like if you're, if I would say like anyone that got in a scenario where there was like a garret thing on, like I wouldn't, I would be very surprised to see someone not having a good time. Mm, yeah. Like, which I guess is a bit of a bold statement, but like it, it's like, there's reasons like why kind of mm. that happens. Yeah, I agree with that. How did it feel? Cause you mentioned Ladbroke Grove, which is kind of like an, uh, a lovely segue into my next question, yeah. which is how did it feel? to like originally like let's just like start a dialogue with conductor because i remember way back when you just briefly mentioned that like conductor said that one of your tunes or one of your mixes was good or like you're on the move or like yeah you're you're onto something how did it feel Mm. now especially being signed with kiwi records it's really it's really like it's 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 still very surreal to me because if you would have told me like a year ago that this was the position I'd been in. Or maybe she told me like, yeah, like a year to like 14 months ago. Like it would have been mad because it was only like November, I think, of last year. I went to, um, it was kind of a snowball effect where our, our fr- friend of the show, uh, Will, uh, Glimji Hideout, um, he talked a little bit with um, this amazing guy, amazing producer, who's a, a good mate of mine now, um, called Salute. Um, he then we went to this we went to this little um, this little album party or whatever where he was there chatted for a bit and then Will then sent um, Salute a few like a few of my tunes afterwards Salute really dug my stuff um, he was there kind of like really supporting like when the first Jemmy tapes came out back in November last year um, and from there he then sent um, some tunes and stuff over to because he had links and ties already with uh, the Kiwi Records lot. So he sent some stuff over to Conductor. And, oh, this this guy's super sick. If you're looking for new people on the label, 
Um, then like it just basically went quiet for a while. Um, and then, yeah, it's out of nowhere. I was at uni one day and I just got a message and it was just, oh, conductor has followed you back. And yo, these tunes are hard. And there was a very, there's a very vivid memory where I was in a little practice, like studio room where I just sort of went, yo, <laughs> and like proper, like just proper, basically freaked out. Um, but that was, but then after that, it just kind of snowballed where then like, I mean, like conductor is the reason I, I basically am where I am because yeah. he's given me such a massive platform. Like, the, like, the, like he, he's such, and he's such a lovely guy as well because he's all about like, I mean, like when, when we were chatting, like he was saying that like he's made Kiwi because obviously he's, he's done these things. And because obviously like, I mean, he is, he is single-handedly when you're saying about um like garage, like, um, being as big as it was back in the day, I definitely think it's on the route there, and it's mainly to do with him because yeah, obviously Labyrinth Grove, like the forefront of yeah, he's at the foot. He's like pushing, he's pushing the sound forward, and he's very much kind of like like I mean, well, he has crossed over to the mainstream with like Labyrinth Grove and things like that. But I think it's just he keeps like knocking on the door, like that kind of thing. Which I guess in a way though, like I wouldn't ever think that it would necessarily need to. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh dear! I'd like to thank Anchor for. Um... <laughs> I think you cut out. You oh. cut out a little bit there, Andy. Well, I would just like to use this as an opportunity to say, like, the internet is is fairly ropey. I hope, like, the connection, the audio is like somewhat stable. It's it's like it's a bit here and there, but mm -hmm. um, but yeah. It's... Am I am I all right now? Yeah, you. Yeah, you're all right now. You just like yeah. towards the end of your uh, your point, it started to get a bit, and then you froze. Oh, lovely yeah. stuff. Okay, <laughs> I think if if Garage got to a point where drum bass is now, that would be brilliant. Because yeah. I think it will. I think everyone, every I th on that staircase up. Yeah, I think it's it's all about just getting a to two that step at a time. To... <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I, I wrote that one. Um, yeah, no, I think I think there's definitely like definitely the market there, but I think mainly it is being driven forward by a conductor. But it's brilliant because he's using Kiwi as a way to almost use the resources that he has and all the influence that he has to use that to help out the smaller artists and things like that, which is brilliant. You've, yeah, exactly. Like you've got um, you've got guys like me, uh, Kitson, the Fat Controller, Prozac. Uh, drinks on me um, like Oppadan recently as well like he keeps shouting loads of these like smaller but sick artists out yeah. and he, he he's helping the scene kind of like grow but I yeah I it's so surreal to me that like someone like that I'd rated their music for like such a long time like thinks so highly of me now like I mean and I'm I'm ever grateful for it <laughs> I mean, it is it is incredible I mean again not just speaking as like a, a mate of yours like it is inc we've been saying for fucking ages do you know andy it is insane like the the speed at which you've just like fucking yeah you've grown like even and and it's even it's crazy that you're up. saying that ben because we like we've only i say we've only been friends we've only we became friends in like the last seven like where well, no at this point it's probably like, it was march late yeah, march yeah which is in which is insane. And even but... in that time, like Andy's got or you, Jemmy went. Sorry, from <laughs> this uh, A level, and it just sort of went. 
Okay, and I'm going to go up this one. Oh, I'm going to take a few more yeah, levels. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. gone a bit further. Oh, I've been signed by Kiwi Records. Like, yeah. We, yeah. And we, okay. have, we, as a friendship group, have always been saying that, like, of of anyone to get any sort of recognition for work, for their work, it is you. Like, you are going places. Oh, yeah. Like, we make jokes that, like, mm. you know, oh, Andy's just doing something with his music. Oh, Andy's doing something. Yeah, gatekeeping. Like, but as soon as, uh, yeah. <laughs> But as soon as we mention it, we always bring it back and we go, nah, but for real though, Andy's like, he's on the path to yeah. success because you are, you are incredibly talented <laughs> well, and we, we can make jokes, but you are like, in, you are insanely good at your craft. You are. Well, thank you very much. When you get places, I forget mm. where you came from. Yeah, you better fucking remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, if I was, I'm still the, uh, oh. The the the, the Liam's parties will never stop. Those are yeah. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna not if I can if I can find if I can find ropey basements somewhere in the Midlands with sixty people crammed in a house, I'm gonna do it. That's like that's this, that's this is the brilliant thing about this is this is about like the good thing about Jemmy is because I've always been someone like I've been to I've been to venues with like two hundred cap and I've been to venues that have had ten thousand people in them and I always prefer the 200 cap venues to oh, the yeah. large ones. It's so intimate. Because especially as well, if you go to somewhere like a boiler room or a keep hush, that, that kind of area, like the DJ decks are in the middle of the room. Like the speakers are all around. You can literally, if you wanted to, you could tap the DJ on the shoulder and high five him whilst he's like doing a blend. Like yeah. it's so, it's so like, it's so just kind of like involved and stuff, which is why like, obviously because, um, uh, obviously, the first Jemmy and friends that I did, and I've kind of said to myself, and especially when I've chatted with um, uh, my good friend and manager uh, Max, shout out Max, we've basically been discussing, and like we're thinking it would just be hilarious. Like, no matter how far I can go with this, we always keep Jemmy and friends like the one hundred, two hundred person cap. So it's like you get like the energy. So it's almost like a party. Yeah, it's always just yeah, electric, and, and like, that is exactly there. what. That is not forgetting where you came from, and that is yeah. brilliant. Oh yeah, I loads like, I, of people don't do that. Those who don't appreciate the people, the place where they started, and that like I it, think it, it would be, I think it would be cool to play at like festivals and stuff, like doing something at like Boomtown or like something like that, like in those areas. Like it would be cool, but at the same time, I don't think I'd get as much enjoyment out of it if I can't connect with the people that I'm playing the music to, because yeah. I. I don't want to be standing like when I'm DJing, I'm also kind of dancing and I'm also kind of like having a good time whilst doing it. And I don't really want to have to do that whilst I'm being. You're you're being involved. There's like a level of interaction with with the people that are enjoying what you're doing. And yeah, um, you know, if you did have a larger audience, it's not that you wouldn't be able to, but there'd be a a, a minor disconnect with. And a very yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mm. they are very smaller venue. You could pretty much see everyone's face and see how every one of yeah. those hundred people is enjoying. But in a massive crowd, you look out and it's just just a watch. Exactly. And what is there? It's, it, it, but not personal level. Well, it's, there was one time back in September of last year, all this sodding COVID thing, where <laughs> I went to. So I went up to the Midlands um, to see a mate. Um, and we ended up being asked if both of us could, like, basically back to back one of our friends houses in this tiny little basement like um like underneath the house because where they were living everywhere has basements and all of them can fit about 60 70 people in them like if you squeeze people in there 
Um, and we essentially, we did that. And just sheer, yeah, the euphoria you get from that. Like, it was so packed in there. That the, so the electrical supply and stuff was downstairs. Like, the electric's there. And there were so many people crammed into the room. So many just sweaty 20-year-olds in this room going absolutely ham. The power in the the power in the house went out three times because people kept knocking the electricity box. Jesus. But at the same time, it was amazing because what would happen is the, all the electricity would go out, so it would just go pitch black, and everyone would just go, "Oh, what? Oh, what the fuck? What?" And then just suddenly, someone would then like jank like a cable back into the box. It would all go bang. Music would come on, and you just get the biggest cheer, like. Those kind oh. of like I just may, I never though, like, want I, to. It's just one of those like, you're just making me miss live like live music live shows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is like a positive episode, but it's kind of depressing because yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's any positive, time soon. You're just reminding everyone like oh, just how, how good fun it could and, be. Like, <laughs> as as you mentioned, like how involved, how electric, like the the energy that was created at like live shows at these events that we've all been to that you've played that that we've been to yours it's just like being that close to people and like enjoying the music that is playing is, yeah it, it's unmatched like exactly because and that's why that's why i've never really i guess quote unquote forget where i'd come from because mm. like, i think it's just i think it's well, just within you that you'd only ever want to play like these, yeah these i don't i don't see the i don't see the joy you can see people maybe dancing about but if you're playing at festivals realistically you can have a few people at the front but the majority of people haven't come there to see you. They just come there <laughs> yeah. for the festival. And, like, I mean, it's... They enjoy like, you, but Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I think it's so much nicer when you've got people that are actually there for your music and for you. I think this is, this is an interesting point, right? But mm. with COVID, though, you've... Um, there's a lot of, uh, like, the live streams that you do. The, there's, mm. like, a level of... You're still able to to interact with them, even though everyone is 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 fucking spread apart. And I think with yeah, uh, you know, you've done Instagram lives, you've done uh, you uh, lives on YouTube and stuff, and your TikTok's been popping off as well. Yeah. That's true. That's been hilarious. I did not intend for that. <laughs> many hundreds of thousands of views by this point. Yeah, so, I, I... people watching this, if you don't know, if you're from the other side of the planet and you just somehow stumble upon this video, you may have seen. Yeah, one, one of Andy. One of well, I mean, ninety-eight point nine percent of my audience, I think, is from the UK. But That's I mean, yeah, this was weird. What's weird though is that TikTok is now the most, the place where I'm followed by the most. I think I'm on like seven point four k thousand at the moment, like seven point four k, like on there, which is so stupid <laughs> because there's not like that's good though because I basically just use that as a platform where I go, here's a song I made. Please follow my yeah, socials. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's literally smart. like a recruitment service, which is amazing. Because <laughs> you just, but then it's good as well. Because the way I'm doing it, I'm trying to then get people to kind of, because a lot, a lot of people at our age, especially, if you hear UK Garage, they'll go, oh, in that fucking MC Grinder, and like people just do nothing, <laughs> which is brilliant. I love that there's a show like that now because like it does show, it does have the ins and outs of like all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I think everyone will sometimes only go that far. But kind of like the fact that there are now people out here. I mean, I'm trying to do it a little bit. I don't know how successful I'm being, but trying to push it and be like, there's a bigger scene behind there that's actually like popping off. Like, you're really to let mm. the gen, not, I wouldn't say the general public, but people that care in, people that yeah. thought that's cool, but wouldn't normally 
go out of their way to then discover. Exactly. They will now discover. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's good yeah, as well. Yeah. And like, it's a good middle ground between that house and that DMB thing because you can have house heads that don't like DMB that like garage, and you can get DMB heads that just get bored of house that like garage. Well, I like... fall into that category. I like DMB a lot. I do not like house. I love yeah. garage, and I think that is exactly right. Because it's like, got that energy. It's house music. That, yeah. It's, it's, it's house music with the energy of DMB. Exactly. Like, which is perfect. House music, I appreciate, I appreciate the skill, I appreciate the scene, but the whole format of DMB being structured and explosive. Yeah. Most of the time, obviously, there's liquid and things like that, but same thing applies to Garage. You get that cool, like, all oh, that's satisfying, and then it yeah. goes click, bass drop, bang, boom. Yeah, it's that switch up. It's like you're never bored. Like you're never, like even if because I do appreciate like I do appreciate people um like doing yeah tech house like that kind of stuff, which is good. Um, like and I guess it's sort of, I guess it's weird because then you get into the whole realm of like like proper like techno and things like that, which under circumstances like certain circumstances is banging. Like if you <laughs> if you had one too many drinks and some geezers whipped, whipped out the decks at a prees. And start to bang in industrial German techno, like it <laughs> it can hit differently, like. But I think, I think just with the generalized, especially as well, get people that it it's like you know those kind of people that they'll listen to drum and bass and they'll think, oh, all it is is just nitties in a mm. warehouse, like, and that's all they'll think of it. I think it's a good with garage and stuff because it was. I mean, back in the 90s, the whole thing with Garage was any Garage raids and things like that, you used to come, like, really smartly dressed as a champagne. Like, I mean... The, Bloody hell. Yeah, How the only reason... Fallen. The only reason that <laughs> Grime exists... The only reason that Grime exists is... Well, I think this is right anyway. is because it used to be so pristine and almost... like The whole Garage scene used to be sobby almost. It, it was so like that that people like Skepta and Wiley and things like that they started doing shows and things like that, like emceeing over Garage, but making it very kind of true to their roots and things, where it was very kind of um, inclusive, basically. <laughs> um, which, is really, which is really interesting. But I think because of that, people, a lot of people will see Garage as kind of more like a pristine thing where you can go to, and it's not all about, you know... For cultural. Yeah. The, the, like, commoners... I say commoner, like, the average person's eye will see garage as more of like a taste thing rather than a nitty thing yeah exactly because you wouldn't I, I wouldn't say maybe when you get to like baseline and things like that which is a whole other thing which is oh, yeah. hilarious but that amazing nitty. that's <laughs> nitty but i think when you've got the rhythms there when you've got the chords when you've got the not stuff especially the vocals like the amount of vocals, yeah, vocals over garage and things like that difference. yeah even exactly. if it's up as well mm. if it's like a synth for a noise or some sort of instrument. Yeah. It's got a very different feel to when you chop a vocal or include raw vocals over garage. It makes it so Yeah, like it does, honestly. Putting like vocals over D and B turns it into liquid effectively. But, yeah. it, it, a completely different vibe. Mm. I want to move on to a bit more like directly to you, like okay. about you of the process of making garage okay set up what how does it go how long does it take sort of things like that like how does jemmy make a tune how does oh look at jemmy in all of his tunes i wonder <laughs> what he does hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> bugging was 
realistically, Login was made in about like eight or nine hours, maybe. Damn. Bloody hell, that's it. Well, like, yeah, from, like, like start to finish. Like from basically from start to finish. Yeah. Damn, wow. Dude. Um, because it is all about just it is all about understanding the Rip rhythm, off. basically. <laughs> yeah, I think once you've got when you once you've got that knowledge, you kind of know what needs to be done. So you start you can start making songs a lot quicker. Mm. And I think it's almost like the quicker the song is to make, the more fun you've had with it. Mm. Which I feel, and that means as well that if you've only if you haven't even like if you haven't known of the song because you've made it in eight to nine hours, if you haven't known the song for a full twenty four hours. There's there's a lot of producers that will spend months and months on a song and they'll just get bored of it before they finish it. Like when you're making a tune that quick, it never like I can still I'm probably one of my own biggest fans. Like I'll regularly go back and listen to my own music because I never get bored of it. I like, think you should as well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's like taking pride in your own work. Yeah, definitely. Like if I if if I, if I wasn't one of my biggest fans, I'd be doing something wrong. I think yeah. that's a very fair. Uh, point and uh, kind of like, I say, position to have on your music. You yeah. don't want to be like one that of these artists where, yeah, you don't want to be one of these artists where um, they had like one song go off, and they've gone. I didn't even like that song. Like I didn't even, yeah, like, I didn't even like put my heart. Like why is that? Like why do people like that? You want everyone like no matter what song goes off, no matter if people love it or how big it gets, you want to go. I love every song that I made. Like I exactly, that's one of my that's one of my philosophies when it comes to it. But the actual the actual process of bugging is actually a really that's really a good one to um, go into because I like the idea of kind of building up loops and kind of like so taking like a little section like that first little boom boom like at the beginning. I just found a random like song. I found a random little bit on it. Um, and I just kind of looped it and stuff. And then from there, I took that little bit, like the first hit that you hear in Bugging was the first thing that was drugged into the project file. Mm. Um, I looped it over and over again um, and then started essentially to build things um, like on top of it. So I'd add like, I'd be like, oh, what does it sound like if I add this little bass line underneath it? What would it sound like if I added drums? Like I'd like building up from kind of like one idea and then after that, it's all about just like structuring out. Like, so I take that and I'll be like, okay, the baseline starts over here. Could add a few vocal chops here. Like, and it all just kind of like goes from there. So building stuff. Yeah. I love to build stuff around like one kind of specific sample. Um, and then kind of like go forward basically. Keeps it in the same style. Mm. Cause I've yeah. heard like a lot, what a lot of people are starting out. Cause obviously technically you're still fresh. Yeah, you're still in early days, and a lot of people in early days will say, "Right, I need to cram as much as I can into one song." Yeah. So they'll take things from all over the place. I want this style. I want this style. I want this style. Bang! You have a verse, or what? Like the start goes. Oh, it's in this particular cue, and then it changes. It's like this jumpy. But yeah. You've like you've realised. Hang on. Keep it flowy, keep it matching, makes the song feel more polished. I think that's the brilliant thing about the fact that I've, Jimmy's only been around for just over a year and a half now, but I've been producing for eight years because I've already gone through all of the like all of like the rookie mistakes and stuff that people would make when they start first start making music. 
like I've kind of I've already figured out that like I mean when I was doing Stereo Cube that was one of my biggest caveats it was like I essentially would make a song and I'd make sure that it had like 160 tracks and every little bit was like different and everything was going on like it wouldn't be surprising now if like I went into a project file and found that like most of my tunes now are between like instead of 160 like 15 to 20 tracks like it's very kind of I, I embrace the less is more now like I don't even putting effects on things. I put, I said on my Instagram actually earlier when someone was asking me about the whole like mixing process, like, oh, do you EQ, do you compress, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't even really do much of that anymore. I just sort of make sure that everything is kind of like, like, kind of like sitting like good with each other. Like, I'll mess around with the volumes of stuff. That's about it. And at the end of the day, like, it will sound a lot better if you don't overthink it, basically. Don't overthink it. Isn't that isn't that close to fucking like Kenny Beats's like thing like don't overthink shit? Oh yeah, shit don't overthink shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his one. The big neon spin cave. I have a big question regarding Jemmy and the I mean and I guess you say. Okay. Where did the three eight come from and who makes it? Who makes the three eight? This is actually I need to look this up. It is very interesting. It, it features in many of your songs. We all... Mm-hmm. It's an inside joke amongst our friends. Who makes it the 3-8? Oh, I make the 3-8. <laughs> like, not that. Yeah. That, you know that? You know that? Um, no, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> no, I make the 3-8. No, I make the 3-8. Um, I need to have a look up because... So that sample was... So my tune Ventura... Um, from Jemmy's Apes 1. Um, I made that, and just before the drop, I knew, I kind of like, there was a pause, and I was like, I need something, like, I need someone to shout something, I need like there to be like a big like, bah! and then just fucking hit, because I felt like it would just transition really well. So I went through this, um, I went through this like grime um, acapella pack that I'd found off of some, like, I probably found off some dodgy website or something. Um, of just like old acapellas from like like grime tunes back in the day, like um, like there's like Temper T on there. Um, I think I'm trying to look. At, I'm I think I'm trying to look up now. Look it up now um, because so I remember the tunes called Ice Rink, but it only has like the name of the song, which no, uh, I yeah. So I'm th- trying to think. I have a feeling it's oh who were. Oh my god, my mind's gone completely blank. Are we familiar of like the group um, with like Skepta and Wiley? Yeah, um, that's it's uh, boy better know, isn't it? B- right? Yeah, BBK. Yeah, I have a feeling it's a boy better know tune. Really? Um, yeah, I think wow. yeah, boy. It might be though. I'm not too sure. Or no, I, I think I have a feeling it might. I have to. I'll have to look into this, but. Because I'm looking up now, and I, it might actually be a Dizzy Rascal song, but with like a load of features on it. Right. So like I, because I mean to be fair, the acapella keeps like switching up and things like that. But the one that I used, I don't really know even what kind of like where the sample came from. But I just essentially was sifting through, and I was trying to find a little kind of sample that would work just before the drop. And for some reason, there was just a bit where it just goes, "I'll make the three eight, and then and then I was like, "Perfect, I use that." Don't Bang, know. added that. Then um, a few of my mates were like, oh, that's sick. And then I was joking about, like, they were like, oh, you should just use that as your tag then. And I was just like, hmm. And then I kind of experimented about with it. And by Jemmy Tapes 2, when that came out, I was like, 
yeah, right, come on, why not? Yeah. And now no, I works. rinse it. That's a little bit of yeah. That's a little yeah, bit of jammy. A lot of people there. don't. A lot of people still don't know what um, what it actually says. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of one of my one of my mates he said that his friend thought it said something like Jemmy the Freak, which is <laughs> um, which is amazing. Um, I think it's dude, like, hate, you, you let people. Critique. I think it's let people hear what they want to hear. Yeah. you know. But at yeah. the same time, the idea of the idea of playing one of your own tunes and then in a sweaty basement with two hundred people around you, and then to hear everyone in unison go, "I make the three like <laughs> no, that's a good, that's, that's a nice yeah. little. That would be a serotonin booster for sure. <laughs> I've got one question that I know will please one of our members of said friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the most important question of today's episode okay um and it's can jemmy do a fart um so this is a, this is it's it's a very it's a very interesting question elaborate um so <laughs> i so i have a medical condition where i physically cannot excrete anything from um i thought you were serious no <laughs> <laughs> um yes oh. jemmy does fart on occasion damn pog you heard pog. It <laughs> transcript your honor can you can you read back my transcript please? subtitles on <laughs> yes yes jemmy can fart on occasion pog <laughs> let's fucking go <laughs> all right ben take it away and then i'll add this in as a little uh that's a little extra this is a this you know what you know what hold on hold on we get to use a very special yeah. fe- we get to use a very special feature of fucking anchor here we can add a little bonus just for spotify so i'm gonna add this in as a little psa for everyone watching on youtube listen on spotify there is a very special question that only spotify users get to listen to anyway ben yeah floor is yours question Yep. Big important question. Yeah. What the flying fuck is going on with your Twitter? Um, what is it? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a passionate Chelsea fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sky. I don't see much use in Twitter anymore. I um, all of my stuff is Instagram based. All of my stuff is like. If I I'm if when I'm trying to properly connect with people for music stuff, it's Twitter, not Twitter. But, it's I, think, Instagram. but I think that is, I think that is funny though because Twitter almost is one of the like, like Twitter. I know why you do it. Like Twitter is a fucking it's a weird social media. It seems like you're either yeah. there and that's where you stay and that's where you interact, or it's like fuck it. Twitter is just for like thoughts. It's just like bad. Yeah, Twitter. and um, I use my Twitter for thoughts, like especially as well because majority of people that follow me on there because it used to be the Stereo Cube account. So oh, that it makes was almost sense. Yeah, yeah. So the people that follow me on there, majority are either going to have me muted or <laughs> or like the people aren't going to be around. Like most people on Twitter, if I put something up, they'd get more excited for a new Stereo Cube release mm. than say a new Jemmy release. Um, which just means at this point that I just like, and I've kind of, I've kind of muted so many accounts now on there as well, just because I can't be, I despise, like there's a whole range of people that will call themselves like Twitter influencers or Twitter comedians or whatever. Um, and 
as the the old <laughs> the older I the older I get and the older like it becomes this cesspool of just you just you just can't stand it anymore. So I, I've essentially just gone through, and all these people I've just muted now because it's just I just can't I just can't deal with it. Which basically means the only things that pop up on my timeline now, if you see my Twitter timeline, it is BBC Sports. Um, the occasional retweet and the occasional bit of music. That's so cool. essentially, I've just oh, now wow. grown. To, I've now just grown to essentially use it as a just a place where I can narrate the football, um, and really, really just uh, really just let let my let my thoughts let my thoughts go out there. And that is um, fair enough. And if you want to see Jemmy's thoughts, exactly. Is as follows, Jemmy. Take it away. My know. Twitter is the same as my <laughs> Instagram, TikTok, and SoundCloud at Jemmy Tunes. That is it's good branding, right? Jemmy Tunes. It's good branding. There you go, Jemmy and Tunes. To, to to see such uh, to see such great uh, tweets as mate. If we hit the bar one more time, I'm going to have to find some drywall to put my hand through at force. That was one of the tweets um, which I which cemented the fact that I wanted to ask about it. Because I was, that was that was the one where I was like, Me that is that is a pure no day. context. Like, if you follow Jemmy, that is a good, that is a confusing thing to read from. Like yeah, it's... Interest, you know? <laughs> um, for context, um, Chelsea very well could have won their last two matches, which they lost, by the way. Um, <laughs> if uh, we hit the we hit the bar twice um, in our second to last match, our last match we hit the bar once. Um, which started the other team sodding us over. So I just don't like I don't like goalposts at the moment. Basically, right. well, there you go, there you go, the there you go, Spotify listeners. You get a little, you get a little yep. bonus app, a little bonus there app. There we go. Bang, Fantastic always. stuff, guys. Fantastic we stuff. Well, it's been nice having you on, Andy. Exactly. It's yeah, lovely. Thank you I've very enjoyed, much. Andy. I've enjoyed being on. Glad you finally attended. Yeah. Yes, I do apologise. It's for, um, and, um I was, There's yeah. only one thing left to say, isn't there, Finn? Fair enough. See, See you around! around. <laughs> Bye!